public service announcement. We're going to start with a public service. We're going to start with a public service announcement. It is very, very important. On September 23rd, so two days ago, as of recording of this podcast, in a city called Koga, 20 men at two o'clock in the afternoon were seen running around the city. 10 were nude and 10 were wearing garter belts. The police have warned people to remain vigilant. I mean, I just... Blah, 20 dudes running around naked and 10 of them are wearing garter belts. So they're nude. They're completely nude, 100% nude. I think we're going to have to say the word nude a couple more times just to emphasize 20 naked men. So nude, 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 nude. Garter belt, garter belt, garter belt. I, I'm going to start again. A public service announcement in a city called Koga in Japan. The police have issued a warning that 20 men at two o'clock in the afternoon were seen running around the city. 10 of them were nude and 10 were just wearing garter belts. The police are saying remain vigilant. I think you should always remain vigilant against 20 naked men running around streaking in the in the streets in public. But there is a secondary issue, and, and it, it's more... Ninja News Japan loves the psychology of the criminal mind. If I was going to do one of the, the SVU shows, it would, be, it would be the guy, the criminal minds one, where you get into the mind of the criminal and you kind of like embody the criminal for a while. So I, I, I was like, well, okay... I've tried to have five people come over to my house for a barbecue and it was difficult. It was difficult to organize. It was difficult to organize because organizing groups of people is difficult. They have different schedules. They have different things. Organizing 20 guys to get together is already difficult. Let's just be honest because everyone has a, you know, scheduling wise. So I'm wondering if the pool of people, the organizer, because there had to be like a leader and organizer, the pool of people he was organizing from who would be willing to get naked at two o'clock in the afternoon on a specific day and run around the city was larger than 20. That is my literal first thought. Was it, how big was the pool of people he was drawing from to get 20? To me, it seems like it would actually have to be very large. Anyways, he's got a core group of 20 hardcore people. 10 of them are wearing garter belts. Now, is that a signifier of any sort? Like, is that an important detail? Were they two groups who independently decided to run around naked in the city of Koga at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? One completely naked, and another group was a garter belt group. And then they, like, just happened. The, the universe coalesced in such a way that they came together and were like, you know, lost souls who had found a community. So they were like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're naked. And they're like, oh, you're naked too. Well, you're wearing garter belts, but, you know, essentially naked. Let's, let's do this together. And then they get up and they run around the sea together. Like what? It's the morning. It's always the morning of is a bit. I always run through my head when we talk about any sort of crime. I build a little background story of that morning because this clearly had to be planned in advance. So there were email, texts, chains, whatever. Uh, there was conversations. There was schedules. There was calendars set up for this. There was there was meeting places and times. Where are we going to ditch our clothes? Uh, who's driving? Are we taking public transport? 
All these things had to be worked out. People, I'm assuming, got there independently, met at a certain place, stripped down their clothes. So there is a pile of clothes somewhere, I would also assume hidden. And then they just start running their little hearts out. Do you wake up in the morning, pick up your phone? Most people, you you do pick up your phone, see if you have any messages. Today's the day. Your calendar, your Google calendar sends you a message and goes, today is garter belt day. You're like, oh, that's right. I ordered my special garter belts for today. And you put them on and you feel sort of that thrill of preparation. I used to do judo competitions. And just getting your stuff together in the morning and you arrive at the place and putting on your judo suit and stuff. Like there, there was a moment there where it felt like, okay, this is doing something that not everyone in the world does. There, so there's a thrill and organize part of the organization is actually the, the anticipation, the preparation for the actual act you're going to be doing. This is going to be thrilling and there's going to be adrenaline. It'll be amazing. And then you're on the train, you're in your car and you're on the way to the destination. All that is important. All that's part of the experience. Then the 20 men, I'm going to just assume it's not two groups of 10. It's 20 men get together. They're all standing around. Some of them are wearing their guard. 10 of them are wearing their garter belts. But while you're all dressed, they don't know. So they're all just standing around. They're talking, you know, hey, good morning. Oh, it's very hot today. Oh, yeah, but the weather is kind of broken. You know, it's not as hot as it was last couple of weeks. Oh, it's been a brutal summer. Oh, yeah. It's a good time for us 20 men to get naked. That is what they're saying. So the 20 men, then the leader, again, I, I, I want to know who the ringleader is and what kind of like style of leadership. Is he like a supportive leader? Is he sort of a, a more authoritarian, dictatorial type? Boys, I'm to get naked. So they all strip down. And then you can see who's wearing a garter belt, who's not wearing a garter belt. It's a 50-50 split. So if you'd laid bets before, you'd actually, you know, blackjack, always bet on black. That's, that's a classic. So then these 20 guys, 10 wearing garter belts and 10 completely naked. Like, okay, we're going to run. Did they plan a route or did they just have the leader in front? And it was like, like a, a gaggle of geese and they just followed the leader. Yes. I want to know the motivation. I do always, every crime thing we hear that's really weird and strange is the motivation is the important part. But how do you organize 20 men to run through a city naked successfully? I don't think I could do that. Like I started at the beginning of this little PSA. I've tried to have like 10 people come over to my house for a barbecue and it didn't work out and I'm giving them free food. What, what is the motivation for these guys to organize themselves so well? Or is it, this is it. This is their one chance. 20 of us together. We're going to run through the city of Koga naked, naked. This is a dream come true. So they're not going to miss this chance. Uh, the police are right. You should be vigilant. Always be vigilant that there are 20 men in the world, 10 wearing garter belts and 10 completely naked, preparing to run through the city. Because apparently that's a thing that happens and has happened. And let's just hope. Uh, I don't know what I hope. I, I hope they get caught because I don't personally, I don't care if people run around the city naked, if I'm being really honest. Um, there, I understand why it's illegal. I do. Uh, and I'm not going to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the position of arguing against making it illegal to have 10 men run through a city naked. But the motivation, I do want to know the motivation. Why did they do this? Uh, the problem is now having done Ninja News Japan for several years, there are, there are several stock answers that I would be expecting. It's not going to be the true dig down inside and find out what, what was driving these men and wearing garter belts and 10 not wearing garter belts to actually run through the city naked. 
Ignatz has just put in the chat. I'm very pro 10 men running through the city naked. Uh, 10 naked, 10 more. So 20 in total, 10 more wearing only garter belts. So there's an interesting question then for you as a viewer. Which is either more pleasing or more disturbing to you, a naked man running through the city just naked or a ma- naked man running through the city with just garter belts? Because to me, somehow, the just garter belts makes it a little weirder. Getting naked and running through a city, I, again, I don't have that instinct. I don't have that urge. I don't have that desire. But the extra equipment, the little strap that they throw on the garter belt, that changes it somehow. It makes it weirder. I just, they, this is it. Anything where you start including equipment makes it a little more complicated. And that little extra step of complication adds that sort of psychological layer to it. Like, why did this become part of it? Why was this necessary? The garter belts add an uncomfortable element. Now, so I read that and I'm like, for them or for you? <laughs> garter belts, I've never worn a garter belt. Are they uncomfortable for me? Are they uncomfortable for you? Because I think it's uncomfortable for everyone, but discomfort to a degree is part of the thing. So anyways, public service announcement. If you live in the city of Koga, be aware that 20 men have thought it was perfectly acceptable who run through the city naked, 10 of them felt not totally naked was the answer. We're going to strap up and throw on some garter belts. Uh, we have a series of updates. This is primarily from last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you, you're missing like three jokes. It's not a big deal. Uh, the iguana, there was a two meter long iguana and this very cool 60 year old woman had this iguana as her companion running free in her house that escaped the house Uh, It was found in a tree two kilometers from her house. The police and some very brave civilians joined the the attempt to recapture the iguana, the two-meter-long iguana. Again, a lot of sort of Americans may not know what two meters is. I am six feet tall. I am 184 centimeters. I am shorter than the entire length of this iguana. This is a very big iguana. Uh, The iguana resisted being taken in which i i support the iguana the iguana wants the freedom and loves the freedom wants to be in the tree i think the iguana the problem doesn't understand that winter is coming in japan and this is not his natural habitat the tree saw it probably felt really nice it was nice to be out in a tree Uh, it was hot during that period when it escaped that was all probably pretty cool lots of bugs around i bet it's a pretty happy iguana i don't think you realize like if you don't get back to your home Things are about to go real bad. Uh, the the Johnny's sex scandal. I wasn't talking about the sex scandal specifically. I was talking actually more about the financial side uh, last time. Talking about companies that had dropped Johnny's because the scandal had become public. I actually think those companies were partially complicit in the scandal. So they're distancing themselves from the thing they helped support. I don't believe that those companies didn't know that this kind of stuff was going on. But my personal opinion is not proof, so we're going to drop it there. 65 companies, 32 of them have now cut ties completely. So almost half the companies that were using Johnny's talent in their advertising or whatnot have now dropped the company. The company is considering changing the name because Johnny's and Associates 
is named after Johnny Kitagawa, who is the founder of Johnny's, who was one of the uh, diddlers. I don't know what sexual abusers. He was an abuser. Um, and now they're saying like the name is now connected to that and shouldn't be connected to the artist. And there's new management. So we're going to change the name. The problem is the name has so much history in Japan. The problem is all that history is now connected to SA. So I, I don't know what you want. I mean, I actually think the problem here is that your company was doing horrible things for the last 30, 40, 50 years. And now you're like, well, how do we fix this? I, I don't think you do. I don't think you fix this. I think you now suffer through the pain of having your whole world fall apart. The The real issue is that Johnny, the actual worst person in this, he died a couple of years ago. So he's off scot-free. He lived his life. I haven't been talking about Gassy recently. He's been in, in holding. He's been taking him to court. The accusation was that he was harassing famous people, celebrities online. He was released the other day on 30 million yen bail. He is admitted to the charges. He's apologized. The charges, again, harassing people primarily. He apologized for causing huge psychological pain and economic damage. Weirdly, he was right. Okay, so the thing about Gassy, I haven't talked about Gassy in a long time, so people might not remember. Gassy was he did scandals on YouTube in Japan. So famous people, their scandals, he talked about them. He made accusations. Apparently he was like getting videos and like blackmailing people. He got a lot of, caught a lot of heat. He started, he went and lived in Dubai, somehow decided that that wasn't enough. Living in Dubai, making money off YouTube wasn't enough for him. So he decided to run for government. He wanted to be like a minister in Japan, a part of the diet. Did it from Dubai. He tried to do it remotely from Dubai. Then they're like, well, if you don't actually show up to any of the sessions, you can't vote remotely. You actually have to show up. And he's like, well, if I show up, the police are going to arrest me uh, because of all these things that have happened in the past. He tried to make it seem like a conspiracy theory because he was so powerful and knowledgeable. Uh, turns out he was right. As soon as he showed up in Japan, he was arrested, but it wasn't because he was so like knowledgeable and powerful and it was a conspiracy. It's because he was being a dick the whole time. So I guess the lesson there is don't be a dick. Last update. This is the most interesting one because we have Sugar Baby Ririchan or Itadaki Joshi Ririchan. Uh, we talked about her. She wrote a book on how to scam lonely men and take all their money. <sighs> mm, I don't know. Scamming people is not good. Abusing, uh, whatever. She's been given some fresh charges. So, she took a man for 27 million yen using a dating app. So she was on the dating app and the story she was giving him is that she had borrowed money from a, an associate to open a, it says uh, a, an apparel business. So I don't know if that's making clothes or just selling clothes or opening your clothing store or something. Apparel business was a bit vague. I actually wanted to know what, because I want to know the details of the scam. A, so that if anyone says it to me, I'd be like, whoa, you're trying to scam me. Or like how much detail go into these scams. I bet keeping it vague is important. When you get scam emails, apparently, like they're always like uh, like misspellings and some weird sentence structures. Apparently that is on purpose to filter out the people who are, you know, knowledgeable or aware. So you are so naive and hopeful that you read this thing full of spelling and grammar mistakes 
and it says like, send us money that you're willing to overlook that because you're naive. Whereas someone who's a bit more like critical would be like, well, this is supposed to be sent to me from the government or uh, a Nigerian prince is the classic one. It's full of spelling mistakes. I don't believe it. So then that's not the person you want to target anyways. You want to target the naive people who would go for it. So I'm actually wondering if she was giving specifics or not. Her story was, I borrowed money from uh, an associate to open an apparel business. If I can't pay it back, I'll have to sell my body in a brothel. The hint there is that she's willing to sell her body for money. So the guy on the dating app, if he sends her enough money, she will sleep with him. So I think that is sort of the loop he tries to create. The hope that if you spend enough money on me, I will have sex with you. And then keep that going and go like, but you don't know how much money it is. And I need X amount of money. I need 10 million, 20 million, 30 million yen. And then he just, it just keeps going in a loop. And then she gets more and more money until the guy either runs out of money or gives up or she's decided she has enough and finds like a better mark. She's done this dozens of times, so much so, so successfully, she wrote, a, she wrote a book on it. She has dozens of victims with a total of, and this was a bit mind-blowing, 160 million yen. That is $1.08 million she has taken from her scams. So, criminals. We are now in, in Ninja News Japan criminal advice. When you make enough money to live for an extended period, what you actually have to do is stop and let the heat cool off. This is not what most criminals do. They're like, I'm on a hot streak. This is like gambling. I'm on a hot streak. I'm going to keep going. I keep going. I keep going. I start losing. Well, if I just keep going, I'll start winning again. And it goes in and then you lose everything. She, once she hit the million dollar mark, could have lived four years. There is a secondary issue I just thought of. And that she's selling her youth. She's banking on her attractiveness, and in Japan, a lot of attractiveness is connected to you. So maybe she's actually being smart and thinking, I have a finite amount of time to make X amount of money to live for the rest of my life. But then they talked about her spending habits. What was she spending this money on? And it was, she used the money for travel and host clubs. So she wasn't keeping or saving the money for a future plan. I guess scammers in general aren't long-term planners. So this is, again, the reason I'm not a criminal is because I would be like, well, I have to be conservative. I have to plan for the future. I have to uh, plan for a point where I'm actually going to stop or I'm going to make so much money in the next little while and then stop, let the heat cool off and then do it again, probably in a different location in an attempt to keep it going long term. These are the issues you run into because that's also why I'm not a criminal. Why, if you're going to do it my way, you might as well just get a regular job which is exactly what I have. I have a regular job that I go to where I, there is no risk of me getting arrested. That company may be doing something shady that I don't know about and they might end up pinning it on me. Now I know what I'm doing when I go in to work tomorrow is making sure that I do not get tagged for some crime that my company is committing. Go through computers and just check everything. But Riri-chan, Riri-chan is was never really going to be successful because she was always going to push the limit, more, scam more and more men to the point where sooner or later someone was get the police involved. Sooner or later she's going to like pass this point where it's like, how does this girl have this much money? Then get caught, which is exactly what happened. Crime news, interesting crime news, fun crime news. Uh, 
this guy, I have a house. And then it's like, oh, you know, it's time for, to renovate part of my house. So I'm going to hire a contractor who's going to come in. They come in and they see your house. Then they might see like your collectibles. Now, I don't have very expensive collectibles, but you might. You might be the kind of guy who collects common Rider transformation belts. I have to explain what a common Rider is and a transformation belt for the people who have never lived in Japan or never watched uh, common Rider kids shows. I'm going to use Sailor Moon as the base. She has a transformation scene. She goes from young girl, she spins, lights, things, clothes change, she changes into Sailor Moon. This happens very regularly in a lot of superhero things in Japan. There's Kamen Rider. He generally has a motorcycle, often bug-themed in his mask and whatnot. Uh, but the transformation is unique in that he is wearing a belt he will do something with the belt. Every season they change common riders. So every season they update the belt and what he has to do. I remember one, it was a ring. He took off his ring, put it in the belt and like spun something. There was a razor blade and he spun the razor blade in the belt. They always make a sound. There's one, it was like starting like a chainsaw. So he like pulled it out the back and then the transformation happens and he's in his like power armor or whatever you want to call it. They do this every year so that a collector or a fan or a new crop of kids buys the new product every single year. My son had two common rider belts when his youth, when this show has been going on for decades and decades and decades. They're designed for kids, toys to sell to kids. Now, the thing is, there are a lot of adults who grew up with this and still like it. So they make collector's edition adult belts. So these are more expensive, they're more detailed, they're more uh, valuable. And so this contractor came in and he saw that this man had quite a lot of belts on display. That must immediately imply that these belts are valuable. So what's he going to do? He's going to take seven of them that were worth 130,000 yen. Problem is, again, my problem with stealing certain objects is, almost any object, is how to resell. If he takes it to a pawn shop or something, oh, yeah, I don't know how much you're going to get for it. That's the issue. I have likened the theft of Pokemon cards to a new form of art theft where you need to be a fan, a collector to know the value of what you're stealing so you know what thing to steal. If you put me in a room with a bunch of plastic belts, uh, I wouldn't know which one was the most valuable one. So I might steal a couple. It would be at random. So it's almost like a lottery. Do I get the good one or not? Who knows? Except the guy I try to sell it to, he might realize really quickly, I don't know the value of this thing. He undercuts me. I've actually like risked jail time or a theft and still not gotten my money out of it. That's, that's one of the problems with stealing collectible items. The guy is like, I'm a nerd. I'm at home. People don't come over to my house very much. No one's seen my collection. I had this contractor over he, and then it disappeared. The contractor didn't show up again. Uh, it didn't take a particularly good detective to figure this out. Since I mentioned Pokemon thefts, there has been a new type. So it was uh, for a while it was break into the store, just take all the valuable ones and run away. Pretty basic. Then there were some cat thieves who were sneaking into the store, taking all the valuable ones run. Again, they knew which one the valuables ones were. They knew which cards to steal. The latest scam, 
which I actually, I thought this was pretty good. This shows the, the creativity of these people. If it was applied in a different field, they could actually be very successful in a different way. So a customer comes in and says, I would like to see this Pokemon card. It is worth 798,000 yen. Then he says, distracts the, the person and says like, can you show me this? Can you show me this? And as they look away, he puts a new price sticker on it and then walks out. Customer B comes in 20 minutes later. So the, the store clerk has been very careful. Like all the cards I've shown him are still here. So I showed him five cards. All five cards are still here. I'll put them away. Customer B comes in 20 minutes later and says, I would also say also because I'm a completely new customer. I'm not in cahoots with anybody. I would like to see this Pokemon card. The price on this Poke, Pokemon card, <laughs> the price on this Pokemon card is now 498,000 yen. So they've committed, so he buys the card for that price, essentially having committed a 300,000 yen theft without anyone being any the wiser. That is a good scam. I have to give some credit to them. That's a good, good piece of work on their part. They had to pay 500,000 yen, but they're going to be able to sell it for a 300,000 yen profit. That's a pretty solid day's work. Uh, I have to give some kudos to them. Uh, they are probably going to get caught because there is CCTV and everything. Johnny Somali is a YouTuber. Now he's, he's actually on kick.com, uh, which is the competitor to Twitch at the moment. Uh, I didn't talk about him in the past. He basically just did some really offensive stuff. He got on a train. The first sort of viral video he did, he got on the train and he was like, Hiroshima Nagasaki will do it again and saying it to Japanese people uh, in English. So there's, I mean, they understood the city names, but I think if you put the, you pair those two together, people kind of know what you're doing. It was clearly, he was being a dick. Other people, English speakers approached him and were like, this isn't cool. Don't do it. Uh, he got popular off that, off that viral video. I didn't talk about it because there wasn't much to talk about. It's just guy comes to Japan being a jerk. There's a second guy. I don't know his name yet, but I'm pretty sure I will in the future. He was like deeply offended that there were women's only cars on trains. And then he walked through the train going like, yep, I'm a woman inspector. I'm checking for women. Yep. They're all women. Uh, it, it wasn't funny. He's, but of course that went viral because everyone hates on him, but that's how they get attention. So I wasn't, purposely avoiding them there just wasn't much to say these like attention seeker live streamer people being shitty and awful isn't something i want to spend a lot of time on because there's not much to say about it it's he hey look this guy who's getting attention for being shitty and awful is being shitty and awful and i'm giving him more attention uh not much to say why am i talking about johnny somali then well, he harassed some women. He got punched in the face. He took it too far. Some Japanese YouTubers came, showed up, and threatened to beat him up. Uh, he apologized and left Japan. I guess he felt like he wasn't getting enough attention wherever he was because he kind of fell off the map for a bit. Decided that the best way to revive his career would be to come back to Japan. I'm assuming if he did the same stuff in America, he would get really beat up regularly and or killed. So this is one of the things. Japan attracts a certain person who wants to push the boundaries because there's a certain safety level of doing it in Japan. You're less likely to get beat up. You're less likely to get shot and killed. Uh, the police aren't going to destroy your life or are they? Maybe that's where this story is going. He came to back to Japan. Uh, he decided his thing was going to be 
trespassing. He went into construction sites. He went into some hotels and stuff where he wasn't, he went into the areas he wasn't supposed to go in. Uh, he had a guy follow him. Thing is in Japan, the rules are really different than America. And I'm actually betting he didn't take the time. If you're going to be a harassment streamer, you should look up the laws around public activity and harassment to make sure you are pushing the line, but not crossing it. Of course, trespassing is it breaking the law. He crossed the line. He was followed by cops. Uh, he sort of notices that the cops are following him. So he starts messing with the cops, obviously again, how his brand works, but this isn't a good idea because the cops are just waiting for him. What they were actually doing was making sure they had the right guy following him for a bit. Then he comes out a convenience store and like, there's like three, four cops. They're holding him. They're like, give us your phone, give us this. Uh, he's saying like, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Daijobu, daijobu. He doesn't speak any Japanese. Um, he's actually trying to be friendly with them and make jokes, but they're not taking it. They're like, just give us your stuff. And then they're like, stop talking Two detectives show up. So now he's got like eight, nine cops at this point. They get a woman on the phone to translate and then they tell him he's being arrested. And then you can sort of hear a change in his voice where he's like, Hey, call the embassy, call a lawyer. Call an embassy, call a lawyer. Uh, he knows he's now in trouble. So he's being charged with trespassing that has a hundred thousand yen fine and, or, up to three years in prison. They, as you've listened to Ninja New Japan for many episodes, you've heard me talk about how they can hold you on. So he has the trespassing charge. That's one. He has the obstruction of police duties charge. That's two. Uh, he, I'm assuming interfering with a business. So obstruction of, of business, that's going to be thrown in there. Uh, they're going to hold him until he overstays his visa. So that's 23 days, 23 days, 23 days. Uh, they can hold him so that they can hold him for 60 some days. He has a visa so they can actually hold him until he overstays his visa and then charge him with overstaying his visa, which is a really shitty thing to do. Uh, normally I would be very opposed to this, but in this case, because I just don't like the guy, I think it's funny. This is the problem with these, uh, draconian rules is applied to most people. It's wrong implied in certain instances it's quite funny so the base charge he's looking at three years in prison now are they going to put him in prison probably not they'll probably make him overstay his visa send him home and then never allow him back in the country which means johnny somali might have to find either another country to go to which my bet is okay so again i don't know but my bet is that they just wait till his visa expires deport him and then just he can't get back in the country he would then go to Korea and start again. Passports are an interesting thing because I'm pretty sure they share that information. Like, have you ever been arrested? They'll actually arrest him so they can ensure that he's not allowed back in the country. Then that goes on sort of his passport record. What countries would and would not allow you in after that will be interesting. I'm sure he's going to pop up again in a very small instance and then disappear forever because he's going to do something stupid like go to Thailand or Singapore and mess around. And they don't care in the same way that Japan or Korea would. Japan and Korea, I think, would just send you back. Thailand and Singapore, they would love to throw you in prison. And I don't think there's much you could do to convince them uh, otherwise. So the embassy is going to be like, 
sorry, man, Singapore is really strict. You shouldn't have done that. You actually already had learned your lesson technically. So we're going to back off this. And I can see Johnny Somali ending up in prison for an period in a country other than Japan. So I, I let's lay the bets on that. You can bet completely nude. He's not ever going to get in trouble again. Or you can bet on garter belt that he is actually going to get in trouble again. If you are right, I don't know. I should have thought I didn't. This is the problem with thinking of things in the moment, doing like an improv oriented news podcast, which is not a thing. Uh, I, I have thoughts in the moment, but then I don't have time to organize the thoughts, but there is a game there. We could bet garter or nude. 50, 50. Is he going to get arrested again? I think he's going to get arrested again in a different country and actually do prison time. I think Japan is going to send him away. So there could be two bets there. That was a bit messy at the end. But we're all happy that this guy is not on the internet.